Really good. How do you all feel? It was the last full day of camp. A lot of mixed feelings, I guess. I was going to try and use this stool tonight, um, but I realized I'm not very good at sitting down and standing back up again. Because, um, especially when I'm trying to speak, because I fall over and, and there's nowhere to put my legs, so they just kind of like wobble in the air. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sad that this is our last chapel and it, it feels kind of done and, and over, but it's, it's also pretty good. I, I've really enjoyed being, having you all here and seeing you serve in different ways and, and growing and, and doing your devotionals. Um, it's been a joy. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And so thank you to all of you that you've come to camp and that you've been here and that you've served so well and, and been a part of this community and part of the reason why it's a great community. And so as we go, I guess, away from camp and away from this great environment, um, we're talking tonight about what it means to abide and what it means to abide in God and, and in Jesus and how that helps us in, in our daily life and in our walks with God as we go home and as we're kind of in school in different situations where it's a lot more challenging to follow God or to read his Bible or to pray or to actually remember how he helps us each and every day. Um, and so we're going to dive right into John 15 uh, verse 1 to 17 so you can start opening it up. That has been kind of the chapter where we had our memory verse from for the whole camp this summer. Um, and it's all fitting that whole theme of recharging and coming to God and seeing how he produces fruit in us. And so I'll start reading. <clears throat> I'll read all of it. And then in an attempt to help you guys know the ways that you can actually start to read your Bible yourself at home without the devotionals leading you through it, I'm going to need your help to help me answer some questions about this passage and we'll try and figure it out together and, and put it together so we can learn um, and just kind of think about some questions we can ask ourselves as we read our Bibles. So I'll get started. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I com command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. 
And so my first question is, uh, how does Jesus identify himself in this passage? Anybody can just yell it out. Friend. Friend? Friend's one big one. But right at the beginning, how does he... True vine. vine. So I'm going to put that up here. And how does he explain God? The gardener. gardener. Um, I'm going to try and write on here but I've heard it's very difficult to spell well and write and talk at the same time, so Amen. I'll see how it goes. Um, and so what does, what does Jesus say God does in this passage? What is he actively doing? Sorry? So he's like, he's pruning. So from the true vine, he's pruning. And what else is he doing? Yeah, Cutting, cutting off, kind of, I'm just going to say cutting away. And um, on what basis? Why does God do this and in, in what way? Why does he, how does he decide what to prune and what to, to cut? Sorry? Fruit. So kind of, um, I'll add this down here. Fruit, Okay. And um, what, is, what does he say we are? What does this passage say we are a part of? Branches. I thought about how to lay this out before, and I kind of forget now, but <laughs> I'm just going to throw branches here. So we are these branches that need to remain by the true vine. And, and that's kind of this mission that it, it tells us, um, to remain and to abide in all these different ways, okay? And so what comes to mind to all of you when you think about remaining or abiding? Just yell out anything. Following, Following. okay. Anything else? It doesn't even have to necessarily to do with, with, with God, just any ideas that you associate with this word remain and abiding because it pops up so often in this passage. So that's one thing you can be doing. You can be looking for words that come up a lot or are repeated or that you see there's a pattern in. And so remaining is one of those, those big things. Um, so what does remaining mean to you, even just aside from this passage? Stand guard. Stand guard. Okay. Still. Still. To live in or with. To live in or with, so like staying in. Anything else? And is there anything that you could say you're remaining in at this moment, like at this time in your life, that you are actually remaining in or staying in or being with? School. School? Yeah, you're at school a lot. But yeah, the camp. You're remaining at the camp. And the camp's actually a good example. Have you seen... You don't have to answer this necessarily, but have you seen change in yourself while remaining at camp and because of the environment that it is, right? You see kind of like a shift in it and a difference as you remain here at camp. Um, now, what about, I was trying to think about other things that we remain in, and I think a big one that we remain in is our phones. Um, we spend a lot of time, time on our phones and we remain in it all the time. Um, that can look like a lot of different things, and I think social media is a big one. Um, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or whatever you want. Um, whatever you do on your phone all the time, you're remaining in that, and that's influencing the ways that you're actually interacting with people and what you're saying to them. 
because remaining in something influences your actions. And um, one more I thought of was like a, a fandom, like Harry Potter fans or Star Wars fans or Star Trek fans, um, or any, any fan that you could, you could talk about, Justin Bieber fans, however you want to frame it. As you remain in that kind of environment or that sphere, you, you start to really get to know it. So a Harry Potter fan knows a lot about the Harry Potter world and he'll use language to explain what that world's like or how um, it is. And sometimes when you talk to somebody who's like a big Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan and they know all these different things, it's very difficult to understand them because they're saying words that you've never heard. Um, that can be the same for hobbies. If you're really into computers, there's a lot of words that you know that, that people just don't use every day. Um, and I think, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but I think a big place where you also see this is memes. Like, <laughs> like how often has, has a new meme or something that has gone viral influenced the way that you speak? And <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, like uh, one, one thing that I, yeah? Family? Family is a big one that you can remain in that influences you. And so depending on the family, it, it, it shows and kind of reveals ways of how you can act. Um, yeah, so <laughs> memes are a big one. <laughs> and I just remember last year, uh, one of the things that was going around, and it just kind of appeared out of nowhere, that's the craziest thing, it comes out of nowhere, um, is yeet. <laughs> and it was literally like, at the beginning of camp, it was fine, like nobody was using it, and then suddenly in the next week, everybody was using it, and everybody was saying it, and it came out of nowhere. And it's because we remain in that sphere. We remain in that area of our life, on the internet, or um, on social media, wherever you're understanding those things, and it creates a new, different vocabulary that you're able to use, and you speak with, and you actually react with. Because then you start using those words, or those, those ways of talking about it, Constantly, it becomes like a muscle reflex in you as you remain in it. And so what Jesus is saying here is as we remain in him, he is producing those things that, that the fruit of remaining in him, right? And remaining in him, I'm going to be saying is um, remaining in his word and it's internalizing his word, like the Bible. So as you read it more, as you start to ask questions more, as you immerse yourself into what it is saying and how it is speaking to you, you start to actually act out of it and act out of its teachings and act out of what God is calling you to. And that is the fruit of the Spirit. And so, again, we've had that song with the campers, the um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, <laughs> gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit of God. Okay, we're going to stop there because otherwise it's going to keep going. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> and so those are the fruit that is produced in us as we remain in God. And those sound pretty great. I don't know if you want joy or if you want peace or if you want love um, in your life. That is what God's saying, that as we remain in the true vine, that's the only place where these things are actually located. These are the ultimate things that Luke was talking about in his chapel uh, on Monday. It's not just good things, these are ultimate things that we, that we get that is produced in us as we remain in God and in Jesus. And so, again, another question, what happens apart from God? Nothing. And so, the branch doesn't produce every, anything, and it withers. And so, since he's using this metaphor of, of a vine and, and, this, and this 
plant imagery. Um, if a branch withers, they cut it away so that it won't infect the rest of the plant. So that, that death, that spreading, won't continue into the, into the rest of the vine or into it. So it's cut away. And then it also says it's, it's picked up and thrown away and burned. And it says if we don't remain in the vine, nothing good can happen from it. None of those fruit, none of those things can be produced in us. Um, so those are kind of the main ways that it happens. And so what happens if we remain? Anything from um, the passage? Uh, if you look from verses 5 to 9, what happens if we remain? So ask and receive. I don't know where to put it. Um, <laughs> so you'll ask and receive. And um, this is an interesting, you see it a lot in the Bible too. It, it talks a lot about as we grow in God. And here specifically as we remain in him, that we can just ask and we will receive what we ask. You see it in Psalm 37.4 where it talks about how we, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us our, the desires of our heart. A lot of times this can be understood as, oh, if I can just, you know, be happy with God, then anything I, I can ask, I will get. Or if I, I kind of just do these checklist of things in my day, then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm remaining, and then I can just get what I ask for. Um, but this, again, kind of refers back to remaining as changing who you are, producing those fruits in us. Like it's changing your vocabulary and it's changing what you desire and what you want. And so, and as we see in the Lord's Prayer where it, it talks about is, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's actually desiring that deeply, that, as, that God's kingdom will come and that we will actually, that his will will be done. Like it's actually wanting that. And so as we remain in God, what he desires becomes what we desire. And so we, we are asking more along what he wants and that, that he has grown in us so that we also want that. That love and that joy and that peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And then we will receive. And so it's growing in God so that the things that we want in this world is actually what God will give us. Um, the things that we want in this world is what God wants in this world. And that is what he gives us. Um, so what's the next thing that he actually says happens if you remain. We mentioned it earlier. Fruit, if we remain, yeah, fruit and pruning. This, this part. Um, and pruning can be understood as discipline. Uh, in Hebrews, it tells us about how God um, is like a loving father who disciplines us uh, so that we can come to know him more and we, that we grow, and that discipline is actually from a, a father that loves and wants to take joy in us as he grows us. Now, pruning is, this, is a pretty strong word because it is cutting parts away and, and doing these different um, parts of cutting that can be difficult and challenging and isn't easy, but it calls us to a deeper dependence upon God so that we, and then we do remain on him, in him, and again, these fruits are then beginning to be produced in us as God works in us. Um, one kind of idea that's helped me to understand that a little bit more is that um, it's, it's like a surgeon that in a way has to cut away and that inflicts pain, but it's all to be healing and to redeem. And our sin 
is so evil and vile in our lives that it needs to be cut away. It's not something that can just be, be left unchecked and, and kind of um, be easily fixed. It is a very serious thing that God has to, that God deals with and has forgiven us in Jesus, but that he works through us. We grow and we start to desire more what God desires. And what is, how does it say we do remain in this passage? Anybody? It, it happened. It, it, yeah, if you keep my commands. Um, and a lot of times this can really easily turn into, oh, I, I need to obey God and then he'll love me. Um, I need to listen to all these different things and then he'll love me. But I want to point out very, um, that it says that God loves us first and we obey as a result of it. We obey because we're loved. And it's not that we obey um, because we want love. And, and desire that love. So you obey because you are loved, not loved because you obey. And it's a very important distinction to remember as you, as you go from here, as, as a, that, that you are loved and you remain in that love by keeping God's commandments, by staying with them, so that you're actually constantly going towards Him and not rejecting and pushing away from Him. And so what does it say, just a couple verses down, like verse 11-ish, what does it say is, is produced? What does He what is God hoping to achieve? What, why does he say he's, he's told us all this? For, just in the, in the, in the verses, it's, it's right there, right after. Um, yeah. It says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And... Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of times it's, it's very easy to, to not imagine um, God as, as actually delighting in us and taking joy in us because a lot of times being a Christian just seems like there's all these rules that we have to live up to. And if we don't live up to them, God is somehow displeased and, and, and things change and, and, and um, it isn't the same anymore or we feel far away. But Jesus is here saying that he's telling us this and that he, he wants us to produce fruits and he, and he will prune us and... He wants us to remain in him so that his joy will be complete in us. That he actually wants us to be joyful and that the way that that happens is to, to be with God. And it's not just to appease God or, or do something like that, but it's for joy. It's for his joy to actually be made complete in you. And um, he does that. He says it's, it's because he loves you and he wants you to love as he is loved. And that calls us to, to great sacrifice and to a submitting and a serving other people that is, is beyond anything that we can do ourselves. We can actually only fully love others and, and love them well if we are remaining in God. Because it is one of the fruits of the Spirit again. And so, you know, as we kind of come to the end of this, um, you know, what I want, guys, want you to remember is that remaining in God's love produces those fruits in us. As we, as we read his word and as we actually immerse ourselves in it and actually begin to read it more, those things are produced in us. Those fruits are produced. And he calls us to obey him, but it's not because that's how we're going to receive love from God. But he calls us to obey um, because we are loved already. And um, that all in this part of growing with God and remaining in him, discipline is a part of that that you will sin, you will fall short, 
and these things will continue to happen. Um, but we turn back to God. We, we go back to Him. We ask for forgiveness and we repent and we turn away from these things and, and go back to Him so that His joy will be complete in us. Um, <laughs> if there's anything that you hold on to, um, that, that God takes joy in you when you come to Him, that there's a deep joy that He has, that He delights in you, and that He wants you close to Him, that He wants you to remain. And the ways that we can remain is by obeying. Um, and we get that switched around a lot of times. So I'm going to pray, and uh, then we'll, we'll come back to worship. Um, dear God, thank you for tonight, and thank you that you have made a way that, that we can be with you again. And, and thank you so much that you delight in us that you take a joy in us and that you're not just reluctantly accepting us because we finally achieved that checklist of things that we need to do, but that we obey because we're loved and because you have, are with us. And um, I just ask that your Holy Spirit will fill everybody here and that they will know that and know that they are loved and, and that they can obey because of it. And, and that when discipline comes, that they know that you're, it, it shows that you're loving them and, and growing them and helping them to become more like you so that th those fruits of love, patience, and joy, and peace um, will be produced in them. I pray this all in your name. Amen.